get ready for an epic experience that you won't forget. The Be Your Best Self Conference, August 22nd at the Grand Event Center in Grandview Heights. You'll rub elbows with some seriously cool folks in the business world and soak up all sorts of wisdom about being a bold leader, rolling with the punches, and smashing through any obstacles that may come your way. It's not just about setting through speeches. It's about making connections and diving deep into learning that'll stick with you for ages. We've got a killer lineup of speakers just for you. First up, we've got Brian John, the brains behind Echo and Athena, who's going to drop some knowledge bombs about leading with love. Next, we'll hear from Shara Hutchison, the powerhouse CEO of Exposure, who's going to spill the beans on how to navigate change like a pro, whether it's in your personal life or at work. And then brace yourself for Stephen Carr, the mastermind behind Belief Force, who's going to show us how to kick those self-limiting beliefs to the curb and step into our full potential. But wait, there's more. We've got a lively panel discussion lined up where we'll tackle the ins and outs of working with different generations in the workplace, led by the amazing Dahlia Calgreen from United Residential Management. And to keep the momentum going all day long, we've got the one and only LaShondra Baker from LBB Edutainment as our hype woman. Oh, and don't even think about sneaking out early, because we've got some seriously awesome prizes up for grabs at the end of the day. Trust me, you don't want to miss out. So mark your calendars, spread the word, and get ready for a day packed with inspiration and connections. Chamberpartnership.org backslash BYBS 2024. This season of Business Inspires is brought to you by the Village of Marble Cliff. Small village, big thinking. Burgess and Nipple, a nationally recognized engineering and architecture firm. The flourishing city of Grandview Heights. Optimized chiropractic, where every visit you leave moving, feeling, and healing better. And City of Upper Arlington, where superior services and citizens come first. Find out more about this season's sponsors in the show notes in each Business Inspires episode. Good morning, Tri-Village. This is David Polakowski, the President and CEO of the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. This morning, I have our two libraries uh, with me, Beth Hatch, who is the Director of the Upper Arlington Library. Good morning. Good morning. And Eileen, who is... I've, your title is just like That's gone. That's okay. And the Director of Patron Services at Grandview Heights. Grandview Heights. Eileen McNeil, yeah. Thank you for being here. Because <laughs> Thanks for having us. Yeah, you, you know, we tried to do this before technical difficulties. <laughs> we blame it all on 2020. Right. So, Eileen, I'm going to start with you. Tell me about you, what you do for the library, and how you got to where you are today. Oh, gosh. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm the, like I said, the um, patron services director there. And so, basically, I'm in charge of all of the, um, we call it like the front of the house stuff. So like dealing with all of um, our customer service and our programming and our services and things like that at the library. And I've been in that position about, I guess I'm going on four years now. It doesn't seem like that long. But um, before that, I was a youth services manager for many years. Um, I've been there since 2002. So um just quite a while. And I actually was at Upper Arlington before oh, Grandview. Okay. So oh, I was at the right. Lane Road branch, actually. So, um, and I, um, I got here by, by accident, I think. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I worked at Upper Arlington. I started at there as a part-time, um, 
job during my college years at Ohio State and kind of fell in love with it. And then I left for a couple of years to try out a few other things before I went to grad school. And I just kept coming back to libraries because they're the best. So and then got, you know, after my library degree, I found a job at, at um, Grandview. And here I am 19 years later. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, hard. it's hard to believe that we we are as young as we are and have the experience that we do. Yeah. And right. Beth, yeah. we have a secret history that we didn't know about <laughs> until we met down here, but tell them about you and how you got to be here today. Yeah. So, I mean, a similar story. I, you know, as far as getting into libraries in general, um, I was going to school for um, education. I wanted to be an English teacher. And um, I bumped into my high school English teacher and said, you know, I'm going to be Mrs. Smith. I'm just going to be, I want to be just like you. I want to be Robin Williams, oh, captain, my captain, Dead Poet Society. I want to inspire the youth to love English literature and, and books. And she said, oh, honey. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> she goes, you need to find a different career. Find a career that you can really facilitate your love of reading and literature. She's like, but this, you know, teaching is, it's, it's, a, it's not what you think. You know, I think you should find it a different path, which was just devastating to me because she was sort of my idol. But I walked into the Kent State University Library and saw applications on the desk. And it just, I'm like, I can get paid to work here? Oh, my gosh. So I applied, became a student worker. And just the rest was history. I became a reference librarian. And then just everything everything that I got to do, special projects and technology, virtual services, I worked in pretty much every every department in, in various libraries through my whole career. And then I had someone say, hey, you know, the director job at, in Perry, Ohio is open. And I really think you would be a great director. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, she's like, yeah, you really should try. So I applied for the director job in Perry, which was in Lake County in Ohio, which is where you came from, David. And um, so I was a director there for three years and um, saw the job in Upper Arlington and had an opportunity to to further my career and came down here, moved to Columbus. And I absolutely love it. It's a great library system. So. And, it, and it's great because welcome to COVID. Oh, months yeah. Months after we yeah, both started. Yeah, so I started, so. yeah, started in October of 2019. And, you know, a few months later, yeah, pandemic. <laughs> so really got to test my leadership skills and build, you know, build my team. You know, I will, like I told, I was telling Eileen earlier, it sort of facilitated a, a, a expedited, very close relationship with my administrative team because of everything that we had to deal with over the past year. So, so that was sort of a bright spot. So let's go quickly through sure. reminiscing 2020 and how things went. Libraries closed. You guys provided online services. And maybe even before that, libraries aren't what they used to be. No. How, no. you know, in your careers. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here. Yeah, so, so, uh, like, Eileen, I'll let you go. You know, sure. I mean, how, yeah. your, so, the inception from when original to, you know, when you started your choice and your career to where they are today. So when I first started in libraries, it was in 95 and, um, we didn't have the internet. It, it wasn't there. <laughs> I know that's really hard to imagine, but it wasn't. We actually went to the stacks to get reference books, to look stuff up. And, yeah. um, you know, we had these, I don't even know what you call them. Like these weird little computers that like had these like, 
you know, graphic looking text on them and to look stuff up in the catalog. Um, now, I have to admit, I'm not old enough. We did not have a card catalog when I started there. We actually did look stuff up on computers. But um, so it was a couple years later, I think in 97 or 98, when we first got hooked up on the internet there at my first library. And um, I remember sitting down with patrons and teaching them, like, what does the World Wide Web mean? Like, what is that? How do I get there? What do I do there? Yeah. You know, and I remember, like, my first email address was, uh, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. But it was this text-only email, you know, and... Um, I remember bringing my grandma into the library with me one day because my sister was out in school in Wyoming, and my grandma was like, I can just write her a letter on this screen, and she'll get it? <laughs> and I said, yes, you know. So, you know, then, of course, after, um, you know, we finally got hooked up with the Internet. Gosh, I feel old saying that. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it was a whole new world, you know. It was like everything changed so quickly and continues to change so quickly, and now – um, people say, I, I still have people say to me, you know, our library still like relevant. Like, yeah. what do you do? Um, but heck yeah, we are. And yeah. we offer more now than ever. And, um, uh, you know, not everybody has a computer at home or not yeah. everybody has Wi-Fi access. So we're really important to those people, but we're also able to offer as this past year has shown us so many programs and services online that are super convenient for people. Like, for example, our e-books and e-audiobooks services has soared in the past yeah. couple of years. Um, we're, you know, putting more of our budget into that these days because it's so convenient. You get on your phone, you click a couple of buttons and you've got this great book, you know, yeah. it's just, it's convenient. So, I mean, it's, it feels like a whirlwind kind of over the past, <laughs> you know, 20 some years or whatever, but, um, you know, it happened gradually and, um, well, I, I kind of gradually, I guess, you know, gradually <laughs> yeah. and quickly at the same time. But it is pretty weird to think about when I first started in libraries that there was no internet. Yeah. Like my daughter can't even, she's 12. She can't, even, can't even fathom. fathom. She's like, yeah. mom, what do you mean you didn't have a cell phone? <laughs> like, she's like, I don't understand. Like, how did you talk to people? Yeah. Like, what? It's like, she just, it's, it, it's doesn't compute. Yeah. It's called a payphone with a quarter. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I remember. How did yeah. I even get where I was going without my... GPS on my phone. I, know. I don't know. But I will say, and to kind of echo what you said, um, the one of the ways that the libraries have stayed relevant is, um, and I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, is that we are one of the only places that you can go and learn technology for free. Um, you know, we started out, you know, like you said, teaching people about the World Wide Web, showing them how to use their email. We still do that. We still show people how to use their email, how to sign up for an account, because you would be surprised the amount of people that still don't know how to do that. And then we took it even further. You know, we have uh, programs called Cut the Cord. You don't want to pay for cable and you want to be able to set up your Fire Stick or your Roku and not have, you know, have to pay for cable and you want all these streaming services. We have classes that show you exactly how to do that. Um, we even have subscription databases like lynda.com where you can go online and learn everything from the Adobe, Adobe suite to, you know, all of these really high-tech um, high-tech things. I know a lot of people go to YouTube, but this is very intentional. These are classes that are taught by professionals that you can watch at your leisure, and it's free with a library card. And that's one of our amazing programs that we have coming next yes, month. Yes, right. A to Z database. Yeah. What are, you know, I know 
having two libraries in our service area is a huge asset. Yes. I know there's a huge connection with all the central Ohio libraries. What are your favorite things about your job? Well, I'm, I'm in management. And so, you know, being the director of the library, I think facilitating um, innovation and ideas from my staff. I really want to see them come up with really creative things and, and how to do things differently, new programming, new services, um, and really being the cheerleader for our library, going out into the community and talking to people and meeting new people and just telling them about all the wonderful things that we do um, is really a joy for me. It's sort of how I got here. I had gone into marketing for the Twinsburg Public Library, and that was just so fun, going out into the community and telling everyone. They couldn't get me to be quiet anyway. <laughs> so they're like, how about we just pay you to do this? I'm like, great. Awesome. Let me go out there. I will tell everyone what we do and how amazing it is and how the library can benefit them. And you you have something that you want. I bet you, you can find it at the public library. And so I've never stopped being a cheerleader. And then really being able to say, see the growth potential in my staff. And I love collaboration. I lo- love working with people. And that is really one of one of the things that I really I love the most is just taking care of my people and and seeing them do amazing things. I would say my favorite thing is similar. Um, I always tell people my absolute favorite thing about going to work every day is that I learn something new every single day while I'm there. Now, granted, some of those things are probably things I should have known anyway, <laughs> but um, it, I, you just can't help yourself. You walk into a library, you learn something new. And yeah. that is amazing to me. I just, I love that feeling. And um, my second favorite thing is uh, being able to help the community in so many oh, yeah. different ways. We, we provide so many different things for them. Like we recently got um, a new database called uh, Job Now and Help Now. It's a, you know, a, they have both. Um, so one is, you know, help people looking for jobs, help with their resumes and things like that. And the other is a homework help, the other component of that. And um, it's just, we can help in so many ways. You know, a kid can jump on at 10 o'clock at night and say, I don't know how to do this geometry pro- geometry problem and uh, get help from a live tutor right there, you know, and that makes me feel good. And, um, you know, just being able to work with people every day. So COVID was definitely tough for me. So (laughs) being able to work with people face to face every day energizes me. Mm -hmm. And when people walk through the door, it um, just brings me joy, honestly, to be, how can I help you? What can I do for you today? And I love that. It's just a really good feeling. Yeah. I would say that's the one thing I miss about public service. And so part of my job, I'm not on the front lines anymore, but when I walk around, around, you know, my buildings and I see people, you know, the kids in the children's department and they have, you know, 20 stacks of picture books that they get to take home and play with. And, you know, uh, someone sitting down at the computer and one of my staff members are helping them and just it, that is really, I think I got into public libraries and I have a sign in my office that says libraries are not about books. They're about people. And I really think that is what has kept me in this career and in this line of work is because we do, we help people. Um, and that is such a joy. And, and it is true. I mean, if you're not learning something new every day, then you're kind of shutting yourself out to mm. opportunities. I mean, yeah. in my generation, <clears throat> I won't explain how old that is, but I, I think I, you have to continue learning yeah. to be successful and adjusting. Yeah. And you guys have adjusted. Yeah. What is one thing you guys have learned through the pandemic and this is the only pandemic question you're going to get. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
I would say for um, myself and my staff is we learned how to do absolutely everything online. Like we had never done a live story time on Facebook before. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. We're like, how do we? So we had to relearn everything when COVID started. Everything. Honestly. I mean, we didn't do, we didn't do Zoom meetings before COVID (laughs) ever. Like they were always at, you know, the library in person and, so, I mean, for us, I would say just absolutely learning to do everything online. Yeah. yeah. I think our, ours was just, you know, um, we had the capacity for change and the ability to pivot very quickly. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, well, that'll take a year for us to accomplish that. Well, in the pandemic, sometimes it took two weeks you right. know, or less, you know, depending. I mean, we were able to get curbside up and running in a matter of weeks. And right. so we were only really closed for a month. And we started circulating materials, you know, a month after um, the stay-at-home order was issued, being able to deliver, you know, get books into the hands of people relatively quickly, you know. And we just kept we just kept building off of. We installed an intercom system. We started planning on how we're going to make this a permanent installation in the main library, and it was just um, for as difficult as working through the pandemic was. Um, we didn't waste the crisis, and we we took the opportunities that that presented themselves, and really made the most out of it. And I'm really proud of my staff for doing that. So I agree. I feel like um, it changed attitudes too. Like it's yes. uh, it changed it to a we can do this attitude yeah. instead of well we've always done it this way. <laughs> <laughs> now it's yeah. Hmm, let's yeah. see how what else we can do. Yeah, you know? I have noticed there are certain sectors that are do not adjust well to change. Yeah, um, but. I think we've all had to zigzag and zig and zag and just keep doing that until everything. So the status, you guys are open for business, but in person, what is the status of each of your libraries? So uh, right now, Grandview is we have limited browsing inside for limited hours. Um, So we're open for about four hours a day right now and closed on Sunday. Um, And we don't have um, furniture in the library and stuff. So it's really just strictly for browsing, kind of come in, get what you want. Um, But we also have um, computers open as well. So people can come in and do an hour session on the computer if they need to. But we still have our drive-thru open. And that Mm -hmm. is primarily what's being used right now. And our our drive-thru is a trailer in the parking (laughs) lot because our building (laughs) isn't set up. (laughs) Yeah, our building isn't set up that we could... um, you know, we didn't have a drive-through before, but um, you know, another innovative idea yes. that came through Incredible. the pandemic. People love the drive-through because yeah. why wouldn't you just drive through, grab your things, yeah. and you're on your way? So, um, it's that is what is still being primarily used. And then in May, we hope and hope to expand our hours even a little bit more. So, yeah, I would say yeah, very similar. Our main library is open. Um, 10 to 7, Monday through Thursday, and then 10 to 6 on Fridays and 10 to 4 on Saturday. We are, all of our locations are closed on Sunday as well. Um, our two smaller branches, Lane Road and Miller Park, are still not open. They're still only doing walk-up service, but that's because the they're very small locations, and so capacity is a concern and a challenge. Um, but we are planning on opening up our Lane Road branch um, for browsing in mid-May, and then our Miller Park branch, which is our very, very smallest branch, um, in June, um, right after Summer Reading Club kickoff. So, um, but yeah, I would say we, we have, uh, it's it's about 50-50 with uh, curbside pickup uh, and um, in-house browsing, but we are, and we are going to be ramping up, adding seating and tables relatively soon, probably within the next couple of weeks at Main Library. Um, we're looking at being able to potentially offer passport appointments in June. Um, so, but that takes a lot of staff time and we're still kind of short staffed. So again, ramping up to normal traditional library services as we go, 
um, and kind of knowing what people are asking for. So that's kind of where we are right now. And then as we finish up, any activities outside of, you know, your normal every day, any events you guys are coming up? Summer reading. Right. Um, yeah. That's summer reading club. One. Yeah. It's coming up. Um, so that starts beginning June 1st. Um, it's, uh, you know, um, kids can sign up for summer reading club and they can, you know, enter to win prizes for how many books they read over the summer. So I'm not sure exactly how yours is going to go, yeah. but we yeah. are doing it virtually again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, things still aren't as safe as we would like to see them. So, and it's for kids, teens and adults, any age can sign up. Um, so basically we use an app called read squared and it's pretty easy to navigate. You just, um, log your books and then you kind of get these virtual tickets and you can redeem prizes with those. And it's really fun. It's just a good thing. And we also, um, implemented over the past year and a half, uh, two story walks in Grandview. Oh, yeah. And we changed those out a lot, especially during the summer. And that's just a, a, a nice outdoor fun activity to do, with, especially with little kids. But I feel like people of all ages are really enjoying those. Yeah, we have a story walk as well. Yeah. And it's, it's very popular. And I and I will say that our we will have um, our we have a new early learning play area at our main library that we just had installed um, recently, and that will be open and available for for kids and families to come in and play with beginning June first as well. You can get your picture taken at our little photo booth. Of course, you still have to wear your mask, so that's not going to be as fun. <laughs> but you'll get a little commemorative photo that you can take home with you. So um, we're really we're really looking forward to summer, and then programming will definitely ramp up in the fall information tell them how they can connect with you guys or you know just get a hold of the library so yeah ualibrary.org um that's our website it has all our contact information uh, phone numbers addresses for all of our locations but that's really the main hub where you can go yeah and grandview is ghpl.org for grandview heights public library or give us a call anytime at 614-486-2951. But also, I think it's important to know that Upper Arlington and Grandview are connected. So we're all a part of the Central Library Consortium. So we share materials. And if you have a Grandview card, you can use it at Upper Arlington and vice versa. Um, So that's really nice because our communities are obviously so So close close, that um, it's really nice to be able to share materials. And yeah, yeah, we work together. All right. The final question. Oh, no. What's your favorite book? (laughs) Oh, that's such a hard question. Beth, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, no, it's not. Um, I would say um, The Time Traveler's Wife because it has all the elements of my favorite book. It's it's romance, it's time travel, um, and it's multiple perspective. I always like books that are able to be told from different points of view. And so I picked that book book up. Actually, I found it half-price books for like $5, and I just fell in love. So And then I got to see Audrey Niffenegger at – Cleveland Public Library once, and that was pretty oh, wow. pretty awesome. So, I mean, I have a list of other ones, but that is always going to be my top. <laughs> so, I can't I can't name a title because I love <laughs> so many books. But I am going to say that, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I am going to say that in college. The autobiography of Benjamin Franklin, which sounds ridiculous, I know, <laughs> no. but that book hooked me into the rest of my life as a lifelong reader. I actually wasn't much of a reader as a kid. Um, And I kind of got forced into this class at Ohio State because we always got closed out of classes there. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm never going to make it through this class. And for some reason, I don't know exactly why, but that book hooked me. So I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but that's what hooked me on reading, which opened up a whole new world. Awesome. I'll go with that. 
Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, ladies. Beth, Great. Thank you. Thank you, always. David. Eileen. Thank you, David. Great to see you in person. Yes. And yes, we are social distancing. So we're good. So, all right. Thanks, Tri Village. Talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for subscribing, downloading, and listening to Business Inspires, a monthly podcast of the Tri Village Chamber Partnership. Our innovative and active chamber is successful because of our smart and engaged members who cultivate our strong business community. With more than 60 years as an integral part of the Grandview, Upper Arlington, and Marble Cliff communities, the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership is dedicated to a single purpose, the success of the business community. You can find a link to our website in the podcast notes to learn more about the Tri-Village Chamber Partnership. For information about this podcast, to schedule a guest appearance, or to find out more about sponsoring this podcast, our contact information is in the podcast notes. Make sure you rate and review our podcast on iTunes. That helps us spread the word about Business Inspires.